revisiting vision this morning and Paul last week talked about being Jesus-centered and, and he also taught about the vision that we see, the vision of the river that is Jesus. He taught about the trees that represent us and that we're rooted and going deep into that river that is Jesus and then from that place we're growing, that we're together, that we grow broad and that we reach out as far as the eye can see that we would see other people come to know Jesus. But as Reese says this morning, I'm talking about being rooted. And if you're not rooted, when things come along and give you a shove, what happens? Yeah. Who'd got a pair of stilettos on and found it difficult to stand up then when someone gave him a shove? When your foundations aren't good, when they're not solid and broad, it's not easy when you get a knock in life to stay rooted and stay firm. Sometimes it's easier just to sit down again. Sometimes you find yourself flat on your face. But you know, when you're rooted, and this is the byline that we've put with it, we discover who we are, we find our identity, and we find freedom. This is discipleship. I don't know about you, but I think so many of us spend all of our lives looking for, well, who am I? Looking for our identity and to find who we are and what we do that makes us us. And to be free to be able to do that and to be comfortable in that. The amount of songs that are written about finding yourself, about finding that thing that you're looking for. And yet, we hold the secret in that if we are rooted in Jesus Christ, then from that place... We can find who we really are, not trying to be somebody else or something else, but who we really are and who God has made us to be. We can find that identity in him. And because we find that, suddenly we're free. We're no longer pressured by society or people or things to be a certain way. We suddenly become free because we know who we are in him. We're no longer looking for something from somewhere else. And your roots are the things that keep you in the ground. They're the things that keep you stable. Many of you know that I suffer at times with vertigo and I don't know whether any of you have ever had this experience but when you've got vertigo it's like the room is spinning and it's like the ground doesn't hold you up and I remember a couple of years ago at the fun day that we did in the summer having vertigo at the time and wandering across the fields a little bit like this and to me I felt like I was walking in a straight line but because of the vertigo I wasn't. Because I was disillusioned with what was really happening. I also remember when I used to work in primary school, going with the children to the police station. And they did many things with them, like fingerprints and showed them inside a cell. And one of the other things they did with them was gave them a pair of drunk glasses. Has anybody ever heard of these, seen them? And they used them in the police as a form of, I don't know what the word is, just to give people an experience of what it's like, to have an understanding that if you're drunk, this is what reality looks like without having to be drunk. And you put them on in the room, you can't make head and tail of it. And Paul last week again talked about don't be drunk with wine, but be drunk with the Spirit. And he talked about, 
And I'm sure many people at the time took offense when he said, we've all got a drink problem. But what he, took, what, he mean, what he meant by that was that we've all got those things that grip us and cause reality to become wrong. We've all got those things that have a hold on us and that we can't let go of that cause what we should see to be something completely different. And this morning, I want to talk to you about what your roots are in and if they're in things that cause reality be, to become not as it should be, that cause reality to cause things to happen that aren't as, as God would want them to be. The unstabilizers. When our roots are in things that aren't healthy and strong and good, we suddenly become unstable and the world around us becomes wrong and difficult. So I've got three things that I want to talk to you about this morning. And the first thing is this that we should be positioned for growth. And to be positioned for growth, we need to know what our roots are in. Have you ever thought about what your roots are in? What are the things that you're digging into that then cause you to grow? Are, they, are your roots in the things that you want them to be? Because if you don't think about it and don't consider, this is what I want to put my roots in so that I grow a certain way, then your roots will just go into anything that is there because it's trying to make you a stable person. It's trying to hold you firm. That's what we do as humans. We try and grab onto things that keep us firm and stable when difficulties come. But if we don't think about it and be intentional about it, then our roots will just go into anything. And are our roots in the things we want them to be in? Are your roots in what you want them to be in? Many of the things we're rooted in isn't Jesus. And when it's not Jesus, it can call us to, cause us to become imbalanced. And then because of that, it can affect other people as we journey through. Because when we're wobbly, we either cause those around us to wobbly or we knock them and hurt them because of the wobble that our life has. But when we're rooted in the Holy Spirit, and this is what Paul talks about, having the Holy Spirit being the thing that impacts you and helps you to see what life is like. When we're rooted in the Holy Spirit, then there's love, then there's joy, then there's gentleness, then there's kindness, then there's self-control, then there's faithfulness. There's all these fruits that come out and it's strong and it's deep. And the reason we know this is because when Paul talked about it again last week, when we look at Jesus, it said, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. If nothing else, the cross is something that would make you want to wobble. The cross is something that would test your roots to the core. Can you stay stable and strong and hang there? And what did Jesus do? Despite the pain, despite the jeering, he stuck to the cross. Because of the joy that was before him, it was the thing that kept him balanced. It was the thing that kept him in that place. He was positioned for growth to see miracles and breakthrough for what he did. And because he stayed in that place, we can now grow and flourish because of him. And you know, dependent on what you've rooted in, and you might be sitting there this morning thinking, I don't actually know, you're asking me. What am I rooted in? I don't actually know what I'm rooted in. How, how do I understand that? Well, you discover it by this. 
Whatever you're rooted in is what you grow. So if the roots go into something bad and unhealthy, then the fruit will be bad and unhealthy. If the roots go into good things, then the fruit will be good and be beneficial. And you've got to think to yourself, what is coming out of me when I talk to people? What is coming out of me when situations are difficult? What is coming out of me when a wobble comes? Because that is what your roots are in. Not when you're on your best behavior, not when you're trying to be a really good Christian, not when you're trying to be really pleasant, but when the shake and the wobble comes, that is when the truth of your roots come out. So if your roots are based in shame and sin and failure and bitterness and unforgiveness and fear, then when the shaking comes, out of you will come shame and unforgiveness and bitterness and fear and will feed on to other people. So check yourself. Consider this last week. When the wobbles have come, what has come out of you? Because when something comes out of you, that's because you've got roots in it to allow it to grow through you. So what do we do? What do we do when we see these fruits in our lives? We need to reposition ourselves for growth and reposition ourselves into Jesus. We need to say, I don't want my roots to be in that anymore. I stand against it. God, forgive me and may my roots go down into you, Jesus. And we need space. We need space for our roots to go in. We need space. Because otherwise, they just won't go down anywhere. We've got to allow that space for growth. There's got to be freedom for growth. And that means sometimes we've got to move away from circumstances and people that, that stint our growth, that stop us from growing, that no longer allow us to be who God's calling us to be. In China, they used to have a tradition of, tradition of foot binding. And what they would do is they would, they would bind young girls' feet really, really tightly and the reason they did it is because it was a status thing, but they also thought small feet were really beautiful. So if you've got small feet, you'd be doing all right. If you've got really big feet, they're going to be giving them some binding going on there in China. And it's, it's a tradition that they've now stopped and made illegal. But once the, the girls had grown to a certain age, they would take the bindings off but their feet would be disformed and their feet would be incredibly painful. And so when you try and grow in a place where there's restriction and where there's a stopping of what the natural growth of what God would want to be happening, then it causes a lack of mobility and it causes a disformity and a disability for the future not only just for that moment but it can then affect you for the rest of your life God no longer wants the things that have bound you in the past and the things that have held you to affect you for the rest of your life God wants to say let's take those bindings off and allow fresh growth to come in reposition the areas of your life that have been bound up by fear and by shame and by hurt and by offense and allow God to come and breathe new life into those areas so that they can grow 
and grow fresh again. God no longer wants you to be bound, but God wants you to be free to grow naturally where you discover your identity and who you're meant to be. And that's why feet come in all sorts of weird shapes and sizes. God bless feet. Don't show me yours after, please. You know, let's read from Luke. Luke verse, verses 8 to 15. And this is where Jesus explains one of the parables that he's taught to the crowd about. And he explains it to the disciples after. And it's the parable of the sower where Jesus talks about a man who goes out to sow in his field and he scatters his seed and the seed falls in many different areas. And dependent on where the seed falls depends on what happens. And the part I'm going to read to you is the explanation of this. And this is Jesus talking. And it says, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. Roots are the things that make us grow. It goes on. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. Just like we talked about at the beginning. The seed then fell among thorns, stands for those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches and pleasures, and they do not mature. If we've got no roots in anything, then we can't grow to a place of maturity. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. So how do we grow and be fruitful? We put our roots in good soil, we persevere, and from that a crop is produced. Being rooted is about maturing. Being rooted is about having the space to put your roots into good things. It's about stickability. It's about sticking at it with God and believing, God, I'm trusting you. I don't know what's happening, but I'm believing regardless of my circumstances, regardless of my situation, I'm going to keep putting my roots into you and believing that from that I will produce a crop. I'm going to stick with you. And so often, Paul talked about this when he did Rooted at the beginning of the year. He talked about stickability. He talked about sticking with Jesus and he talked about Jesus stuck on the cross for us. And Jesus is calling us, if we want to grow to a place of maturity, to stick with it. Stick with your church. Stick with your faith. Stick with Jesus. Stick with believing for a breakthrough. Stick with it. And you know, those parents in the room, teach your kids stickability. Teach it to them. And it's hard because they want to join this club. And then next week when someone looked out in the wrong way, I don't want to go to that club anymore. I don't like it. They made us do these things. So we had to run around the field like five times. I don't want to run around once. We've got to teach the children and our children stickability. We've got to teach them to hold on and keep going and to persevere and to not give up. Because it's so easy in today's society to just throw everything away. 
Well, I'll just try something else. Or I can just do something else. I can just start again. But God wants us to learn stickability. So when the storms of life come and things get difficult, that we stick with it and we hold fast. And it's those things that get the roots to go down deep. It's those things that cause our roots to hold fast instead of falling away and just go, oh, I'm just going to find somewhere else. It's a bit too windy there for me. I'm going to go and find somewhere else. It's a bit too wet there for me. I don't like getting my roots wet. I'm going to go and find somewhere else because I don't like that tree that's growing up next to me it's really not very pleasant but God wants to teach us stickability and that's why he encourages you stick with it stick with your small group stick with the area where you're serving stick with your church when you think I have had enough of these people and this thing God is calling us to stick with it to not give up anymore, to not just flip from filler to post. But when we stick with things, it allows our roots to go down deep. And when the roots go down deep, we mature, we produce fruit, and others can partake of it. Does that make sense? Stickability is everything. And sometimes you may not like where you're rooted. But God will cause what is around you to change and grow because you change and grow. So be positioned for growth. Be positioned for growth in Jesus and stick with it. Don't give up. Stick with it. The second thing I want to say to you is this, that there's hope for growth. You know, sometimes we very often think, I can't go again. I can't try again. I'm all washed up. I'm worn out. I'm finished. I can't do it again. I can't believe again that I can grow, that I can, that I can find who I am. I can't believe it that I can do this again. But I really believe that God wants to say to some of you this morning that there's hope this morning. There's hope in God this morning that you can grow again. There's hope in God this morning that your faith can begin to grow again. There's hope in God this morning that your journey with him can begin again. There is hope in him this morning that relationships can begin to flourish again. There is hope in him this morning that in your workplace where things are all going wrong, that God can bring growth and new life again. There is hope in him this morning. So when you're saying, I can't do this anymore, I can't stick with this anymore, there that word is again, stickability, then God says there is hope in your circumstance, there is hope in your difficulty, there is hope in your hardship, because in that place, as you hope and believe, then he will cause you to grow and something new will come up. There's a book in the Bible called Job. And it tells the account of a man who was rich, had a wonderful family, was well respected, and God blessed him. And the devil spoke to God in heaven and said, well, no wonder he is well respected and loved. He has everything. Give him to me. And God said, no, whatever you do to him, he will still praise my name. And so the enemy came and had his way with him. He destroyed his family. He killed his children. And he still praised God. 
His words were this, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So the enemy tried again and took his health and took everything that he had. And we join Job in Job 14 verses 79, where to be fair, he's quite depressed. And who wouldn't be, let's be honest. And you may find yourself this morning feeling a bit like Job. Maybe things have gone wrong with family. Maybe things have gone wrong with health. Maybe things have gone wrong financially or with many other things. And this is what Job says. At least there is hope for a tree. If it is cut down, it will sprout again. And its new shoots will not fail. Its roots may grow old in the ground and its stump die in the soil. Yet at the scent of water, it will bud and put forth shoots like a plant. Now, Job is really, if we look at it holistically, basically saying, I've got no hope. I'm just a rotten mess on the floor and nobody cares about me. But if I was a tree, I would be better off. That's the real context of this. But I believe that God can speak to us even through where Job is in such a state of depression and despair that he believes the tree is in a better state because actually the tree is a representation of who we are and what we can become. So when you feel like everything is falling apart, there is no hope for me, be reminded like the vision that we saw with the river and the trees which represents us as people that there is hope to grow again. You may feel like you are in your grave. You may feel like you've been buried. You may feel like chains and weights press down on you and there is no way out and no victory again for you. But can I remind you, at the scent of water, you can bud again when your roots are in Jesus Christ. And that water is the refreshing of the Holy Spirit that comes and fills us, that comes and refreshes us. So when you feel you are buried and down and out, allow the Holy Spirit to come and fill you and refresh you so that you can grow again. There is hope for growth even in your grave. Even in the lowest place you find yourself, there is hope for growth. And you may sit there and say, that's wonderful. Amen, I believe it. But at the minute, I'm in my grave. I'm full of shame. I am covered in fear, bitterness and despair surround me. What do I do? You know, this week on the 10th of the 10th, it was Mental Health Awareness Day. And there were some amazing things people were putting all over social media, some really practical things. And this morning, I want to give you some practical things that you can do if you feel like, I've got faith for it. I want to believe for it. But I just don't know what to do. I don't know how to get out of this place and hope and believe again. Well, I've got five things that you can do to help us to grow again, to grow out of that grave to grow out of that place where we find ourselves, that we think, I am dead and buried. There is nothing coming from me. But God says, there's hope. 
There is hope for the tree. And he wants to pour his refreshing and water on you. But you have to meet him with those practical steps too, I believe. And here they are. First one is this. Number one, take time to heal emotionally. Takes time. When we've been damaged emotionally, it takes time to heal. That doesn't mean you have to stop doing everything. But make sure you've got that space and that time to heal emotionally. And then choose to be happy. Choose. Choose to be happy. It's a choice that we make. We can be happy based on the happenings around us. Or we can choose to see goodness and light in everything and make that choice. The second one is this. Remind yourself that there is no success without failure. You know, sometimes we get so caught up in everything that's gone wrong and it consumes us. And that's all that comes out of us is the failure. And that's because our roots are still in it. We need to move our roots out of the failure and see it as a positive that can help us to grow and to go on to do new things. Remind yourself that there is no success without failure. Look for the positive in it rather than the negative. The third one is this, learn from your mistakes. The better way to do it is learn from other people's mistakes and then you don't have to make them. <laughs> if you watch someone else doing that, you think, whoa, that's a big mistake. Make a mental note of it, think, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stay away from doing that. I'm not going to work that through my life. I'm going to learn from what they did. But if you're learning from your own, share those mistakes with other people and allow them to learn from them. Sometimes we don't like to tell people where we've gone wrong and the things that we've done because we're fearful of looking stupid and, and people not loving us. But if we actually share where we've gone wrong and what we've learned from it, then it can actually help other people. Learn from your mistakes. The fourth one, create a positive mindset. It's so easy to be negative. It's so easy to focus on the hard things. And you know, I'm not talking about not being real and not understanding the reality of our circumstances. But there's always something good in it that we can find. Can I encourage you? Focus on those positive things and create a positive mindset. And the last one, number five, is this. Do not dwell on your mistakes. Accept them and find the opportunity to grow. And when we find that opportunity to grow, we suddenly accept who we are. Mistakes and flaws and all. And we suddenly realize that God loves us, that we can love ourselves, and that in itself will set you free. That in itself allows you to find who you really are. There is hope for growth. If you're sitting there this morning thinking, I'm never going to do anything again after what happened, God wants to say to you, there is hope this morning. You can grow again. And the last thing I want to say to you this morning is this, that we're raised for shared growth. Sometimes you need health, help with growth. When you're short like me, you need help with growth. 
Paul bought me some new shoes because we're going to a conference. And I was like, I'm going to meet all these people and talk to them. They're going to be really tall. And I'm going to be talking to their belly buttons because I'm so small. So he very kindly bought me some new shoes that are not like wibbly wobbly shoes. So I feel tall today. So if you're taller than me, stay away. Because I'm feeling rather large. Until my daughter Olivia put them on this morning before I'd got them on my feet and come and stood next to me and said, ha ha, I'm bigger than you now. It's like, go away, take my shoes off. But sometimes we need help with growth. Sometimes it's hard to grow. Sometimes the ground around us is hard and the seasons just don't seem to fit for growth. Well, if you're finding yourself in a season that isn't allowing growth as much as you'd like, listen to this. Luke 19 verses 1 to 10 tells us a story about Jesus. And it said, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and he was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short and didn't have a pair of high heels, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter. He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up. So Zacchaeus who was too short to see Jesus, who knew of his own failures in being a tax collector and how he treated other people, felt small not only in stature, but in how he lived his life, suddenly encounters Jesus, and what does he do? Stands up. Jesus caused growth in his life. Zacchaeus stood up. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Zacchaeus was short. Zacchaeus had no opportunity for growth. He was a tax collector. At that time in history, tax collectors were hated. Tax collectors were shunned. Tax collectors were the worst of the worst. And nobody who was anybody of good standing and stature wanted anything to do with a tax collector because they stole and they took advantage and they were bad, bad people who worked for the Roman Empire who was occupying Israel at the time. And so they were not liked at all. At all. But what did Zacchaeus do? He ran ahead. He went ahead of the crowd. He went ahead of those who looked down on him. He went ahead of those 
who said, you're not good enough. He went ahead of those who judged him. He went ahead of the crowd who blocked him from getting near to Jesus. He went ahead of them. He went past them. He went around them. And this morning, we need to go around those things that are stopping us from getting to Jesus. We need to go past the things that judge us and say, you're not good enough. You can't come any closer. We need to move away from those people who won't let us get any closer because of our past because of how we've lived our life we need to move on run ahead climb above and go around those who were judges and blockers from our future and our growth and then he climbed the sycamore tree and the sycamore tree was known to the Jews as a reliable tree it gave a life giving fruit it was a symbol of strength and protection of reliability and clarity. And Zacchaeus climbed it. He climbed it regardless of what people thought of him. He climbed it regardless of how tall he was. He climbed it regardless of how he was living his life and what his past said about him. He climbed it regardless. He climbed for life. You know, when our roots are in Jesus, we're transformed. We go from glory to glory. Zacchaeus meets Jesus that day and he stands up and his life is transformed. His past is completely changed. He becomes a new man. When our roots are in Jesus, we're transformed. But not only are we transformed, but we transform others. And that's why we're raised for shared growth. Because when we grow, we can allow and help others to grow and to climb us so that they can see Jesus. When others use us as a way of getting higher, then Jesus can reach out to them and meet them where they're at. So we grow so that others can use us as a stepping stone so that they can see Jesus and be put in touch with him. Just like that sycamore tree did. This morning I want to encourage you. Be a Zacchaeus. Let other people's roots lift you closer to Jesus. In seasons where you're struggling and you feel you can't lift yourself. Where you feel like you're in that grave. Allow the growth of others to lift you and bring you closer to Jesus. For others of you this morning, be that sycamore tree. Lift others so that they can see Jesus. Lift others so that they can meet with him. So that their lives can be changed. You know, when our roots are in Jesus, we find our true selves. We find who we really are in our identity. And it sets us free.